What's up, everybody? Michael Lee, Backwoods Life Podcast. Episode number 67. Little short clip there of a song called Hell of a Year by Parker McCollum. Fellow hunter, Texan. You know, I know if y'all have listened to me before, I love the state of Texas and everything about it. Except for, you know, some political stuff. But we're not in here to talk about that. We're here to talk about fun, outdoor-related stuff. Because that's what we love to do. By gosh. It's that time of the year where it's really hot outside. It's July 24th. And um, we've got a lot of work done ourselves over on some of our properties. We did plant a few food plots this past weekend. Got everything harrowed up and kind of laid out. and Somewhat prepared for going into fall. Of course, we always fill our feeders and check our spy point cameras and make sure they're working right so that we can keep tabs on the amount of deer we have and the amount of bucks we have and hogs and all that stuff. Old Kevin Knighton laid down a big big sow hog Friday evening. One of our feeders, was, she and a couple of her compadres have been in there quite frequently and we did put a stop to that, or at least one of them. Um, we've been trying to catch up with those few hogs and make them go away. Usually when there's a large amount of hogs, we do trap them. But if there's two or three and we think we can get them with the rifles, that's what we do, make them go away. So it is what it is. That's our strategy. Good, bad, or ugly. It might be wrong, might be right. We might be crazy. But we just may be the lunatic you're looking for. And here we are. Anyway, I'm stupid. But what I want to talk about today was um, quality deer management, if you will, and how people can have, and I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people have unrealistic expectations. We, we hunt in a part of Georgia. I'm lucky I've got a family farm in South Georgia that's kind of in the central part of the state, and then we've got some leased property that's a little bit northeast of there. Um, both are in good parts of the state for deer numbers, but it's crazy how the size, body size and antler size differ between the two properties. So one piece of property, a mature bucket four or five years old, is going to weigh between 225 pounds and 250 pounds roughly on average live weight. That's before field dressed. Um, the other part of the state, the deer is going to weigh, mature deer of that age are going to be 175 to maybe 200. And there are exceptions, don't get me wrong, but that's just we found to be an average and sometimes even smaller depending on the time of the year you shoot them because of being rutted down, you know, running, chasing does and losing a lot of weight, especially when the weather's warm because those guys don't eat. All they're thinking about is one thing and y'all know what that is, chasing a doe. But a lot of people have unrealistic expectations and that, that just means we all hope for the best. When we get a piece of property, we hunt a specific area, a specific state, whatever, or part of a state, we want to be successful on for the most part, everybody wants a trophy to hang on the wall, bragging rights, bow your chest out, whatever. I'm not discounting people that we all do hunt for the meat. I hope hope that's what most of y'all do, because I do. I mean, a trophy's a, a bonus. Everything's a trophy, if you will. But being able to put meat in the freezer is why we go out here and enjoy God's creation, to feed our families, and feed ourselves, and sit around a campfire and tell the stories, and throw some backstrap on the grill and have a good time. That's why I do it. That's the fun part of it, on top of squeezing the trigger and getting that adrenaline rush like nothing else on this planet. 
But if we start strictly talking about antler size, if you come hunt my property and I say, okay, you can't shoot anything over one unless it's going to score 150, Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young, whatever, you're probably not going to shoot one because it's very, very rare, if ever, on some properties that you have that opportunity in this part of the world where we hunt. There are exceptions. There's a lot of great places in Georgia to hunt that has some really big deer. Sorry, y'all. <clears throat> Afternoon yawns got me. Hard work this weekend does that. Um, but when you hunt, go to Iowa or, you know, wherever, big, big deer-minded states that you know they're there, you can have realistic expectations to fill your tag with maybe a Boone and Crockett deer. I mean, it does happen. I know a bunch of people that have done it. I've done it here and there and wherever. You know, properly managed places in the right part of the world, right part of the country. Uh, with genetics in place, food in place, blah, 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 you can have big deer. But a lot of us get a piece of property, and it may be a small piece of property, it may be a large piece of property, but we have unrealistic expectations based off of what we've seen on social media, YouTube, TV, whatever, because we all get caught up in, yes, we want to shoot a big deer. But you can't shoot a big deer if there's not one there to shoot. Simple as that. And I think we sit and we work ourselves up. We And, and I love trail cameras, don't get me wrong, but they've also created a, a whole different mindset of hunters that they want to only hunt what they find on a trail camera. They only go hunt, oh, well, this buck's showing up, then I'm going to go hunt him. And that's a great tactic. It works in some instances. But, man, I have shot so many big deer the first time I hunt a stand or whatever that I did not know was anywhere around. Didn't have a clue deer that size was there. And that's what makes it fun to me, too, is the surprises that when you go out there, that that doesn't mean there's a booner around every corner or you already know every deer that's going to walk out and it walks out, oh, well, that's, you know, high rack seven and I've done watching this deer for four years. That's fun. Don't get me wrong. I've got a lot of deer on camera that, that we have that are like that. But, man, I like surprises. I want to walk out, go out there and sit and be like, oh, there's a deer I've never seen before, never had a picture before. Small buck, big buck, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just let me know that there's something more out there than what we try to isolate in our minds in front of a camera. So quality deer management, really the dip by that by definition, from my understanding in its foundation was a mature buck is considered anything that's three and a half years old and old, older. Think about that for a second. Because the average deer, especially here in Georgia, doesn't live to be four or five years old. Most of them probably don't live to be over two and a half. Uh, the trophy's in the eye of the beholder, and that's fine. But if you go out thinking, I'm only going to shoot four, five, six, seven-year-old deer, unless you have a controlled environment or an enormous piece of property that you can let deer go, that you don't, that your neighbors are going to let those deer go, it's really hard to pull that off. And now we can go jump back on the flip side of this thing is that's you just trying to manage the bucks. You have no way to manage the does other than, oh, there's a doe. I want to take some out. I do. 
But you don't know if that doe may have the best genetics in the world. You take her out, guess what? You just hurt your herd. There's no way to know that. Not in, in the wild. I'm, I've been around these guys with high fences, and they can say, okay, yeah, that doe, she's going to produce this kind of offspring, blah, blah, blah. And they breed them like cattle back and forth with this buck, with that doe. I'm going to create this kind of genetic, blah, blah, blah. Fine and dandy. I have nothing against it. It is what it is. That's just how that world works. But that's not realistic for guys like us. If you see a deer, and in your mind, he's a mature buck, whatever the age limit that you want that to be, then you're going to be proud of it. You're going to feed your family. You're going to maybe put that trophy on the wall. Go for it. Don't get caught up in drinking the Kool-Aid that you've got to name every deer and they've got to be this age and they've got to live, you know. I, I know I've hunted with guys before that they wanted to shoot two-year-old deer just because they were five points. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. If that's what you want to do just because you want to shoot a deer, just say, yes, I would like to shoot a deer. I'm going to shoot that one. Well, go for it. You may not get invited back to a lot of places if you're going to do that, but you might. It's all up to the landowner who you're hunting with, and if it's your property, do whatever the heck you want to. Don't let anybody influence what you do. Now, if you're genuinely inquisitive and you want to maximize the antler size, then ask questions, learn from people, talk to biologists, talk to neighbors, talk to people that you know consistently have big deer and how they're pulling that off. Information is key. You can learn a lot, but just don't get caught up in trying to make something out of nothing the old tur you know, old verbiage what is it you can't get blood from a turnip well you can if you cut your hand while you're trying to slice the thing but that's it, it just ain't gonna work you can't not hunt something that's not there well i guess like you can hunt it you're just never going to be successful at it. have realistic expectations for your property that's my whole point don't get caught up in what you see on tv tv's tv man don't get me wrong we, we do it and we have a great time doing it. We, we are lucky and blessed to go to the place we do and shoot some great deer and have some great hunts. But there's a reason we go and do that at the places we go to because they are, have those there. If you're going to go hunt Iowa, that's fine. Go with a great outfitter that's got a management plan in place. Or go with a farmer up there that's got big deer on their property. If that's what you want to do, you don't want to shoot a big deer, then just go hunting and shoot whatever walks out. As long as it's legal, nobody they, they can be mad at you if they want to, but you're not doing anything wrong. There's a, and there's another thing that always resonates with me. There's a reason that Pope and Young Club set the bar for a archery buck at 120. Think about that. 120-inch deer. In today's society, 120-inch deer is nothing. Like, no, nobody, I mean... For the most part, across the United States, 120-inch whitetail is just another deer. With a rifle, with a bow, it puts you in a record book. 125-inch Pope and Young deer is well over the mark. You're in the book, record book. You're in a record book. There's a reason they put that on there. It's a challenge to shoot a deer that size with a bow. I know Boone and Crockett's 170. Now, that's a giant deer, period. I don't care where you're at, what you shoot it with. A 170-inch deer is huge. And they are very hard to come by and very hard to kill for the most part. But that 120-inch deer may not be that hard with a rifle, but it's still a 120-inch deer. If that's all you have, that's all you can expect. 
our properties, one, one piece, 120, 130 inch deer is a nice buck, really nice buck. Another property, 150 inch deer is a nice buck. It's all relative. Keep that in mind when you're doing your hunting properties up, you're painting your food plots, you're putting out feeds, you're running your cameras, see what's there. And also you're at the mercy of your neighbors, especially on people with small pieces of property. And that's another topic I'll hit on in another podcast. But small pieces of property can be phenomenal or they can be extremely frustrating. And I've got stories to back those up. But for the most part, when people start talking about, oh, I, I do quality deer management, that's a sliding scale. It depends. I mean, some people may, we only shoot 8.15 inches wide. Well, what about a 10 point that's 12 inches wide that has 12 inch tines? It's a freaking nature on some level, but it's possible. There's counties in Georgia that have a 15 inch spread minimum. And I know deer have been killed in that county before that, that were Boone and Crockett deer that weren't 15 inches wide. See, there's no easy answer when you want to talk management. Management is in the eye of the landholder. You as a hunter, what you want to do, how you want to do it, how you want to have fun doing it, how you want to enjoy doing it. That's what I suggest. Have fun. Shoot what you want to shoot. Enjoy the outdoors. Get the rewards from all the sweat equity that you put into it. Do it your way. You can have guidelines and suggestions from people, knowledgeable people. There's plenty of smart, great biologists out there that know these things. It can tell you everything about your property. But until you get the seat time in the stand, see what's there, hunt what's there, then there's no plan that you can execute. Oh, well, there you go. 15 minutes almost of fame and fortune of quality deer management. Think about that next time you're out there in the woods. Enjoy being out there in the woods. Make sure you watch Backwoods Live Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. on Sportsman Channel. You can see how we do it, good, bad, or ugly. We don't care. We love everybody to watch. Even if you hate us, watch us anyway, because we love that you watch. Y'all have a great week. Episode 67, that's a wrap. Thank y'all for watching. This is Michael. I appreciate each and every one of you watching. Yeah, watch the show. Listen to the podcast or watch this podcast on YouTube. Thank y'all either way.